On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. But wait for the gift my Father has promised. Which you have heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus, right here, told his followers to wait. What was coming was the next step in God's plan for you and me, people like you and me. See, the Bible says, in the fullness of time, Jesus came. Well, a continuation of the fullness of time is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that came at that time in history. That, that whole experience from the death and resurrection of Jesus to the, 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 the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was the fullness of time that came, this climax of history. God's promise was about to be fulfilled. Prophecy was about to be fulfilled. The Holy Spirit was on His way when Jesus said these words. And it miraculously did happen on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost meaning the 50th day. The 50th day after Easter Sunday. This year we celebrated it, we remembered it on May 31st. Since then, we've been looking into what happened in that early church as a result of being filled with the Spirit, that incredible work of God's grace in their lives. We've been looking into the windows, if you will, of that first century Spirit-filled church by working through Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Each verse... And that little section of Scripture has been a revealing look. First of all, we looked through verse 42. Verse 42, when we looked through that window, we saw that it was in reality a simple church. Simple as in not complicated. They were devoted to a few things. They did just a few things and they did them well. They did them deeply and God used that to change their world, to change them, to change their world. It was really a a simple church, but very deep and effective. Looking through the window that's called verse 43, we saw that it was an awesome church. Things were happening that were awesome all around them day after day. These awesome things were happening and everyone was filled with awe. You could say they lived with wow on their lips. Looking through that double-paned window of verse 44 and 45, we saw that it was a generous and caring church. They loved each other. They cared for each other. They went out of their way for each other. They put themselves out for each other. They, they just demonstrated that that it really worked in their life. It was, it was important to them to care and love for each other. So a friend of mine gave me this just this morning, probably a coincidence. 
just gave me this. He found it in one of his devotional readings. He said, this is, a, from, from, this is what some secular writer said about second century Christians. We're talking about first century followers of Christ. This is what a secular writer named Aristidius, something like that, he was writing to the emperor describing Christians in the second century. Here's what he said. Secular writer looking at Christians, describing them to the emperor. They love one another. You see, that's supposed to be obvious here. That we love one another. We may not agree with each other. We may not even... I mean, our personalities might clash. I mean, that happens. We're different. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of things that we could say here, but having said all of that, we're supposed to be known for loving one another. Somebody say amen. Second century guy, wasn't a Christian, just looking in the window, said, they love one another. They never fail to help widows. They save orphans from those who would hurt them. If they have something, they give freely to, a, to the man who has nothing. If they see a stranger, they take him home and are happy as though he were a real brother. They don't consider themselves brothers in a usual sense, but brothers instead through the Spirit in God. You see, as we look through the windows, we can see that these people are generous and caring. Then we look through the window of verse 47 and half of verse, or 46 and half of verse 47, and we saw that they were a genuine church, a sincere church, or a what you see is what you get church. This morning, we are going to look into the last window. That last window of verse 47, the second half of verse 47, it simply says this, Acts chapter 2, verse 47b. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So therefore, this first century church, and you can't miss this, that first century church was a growing church. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Can you come in a little closer and lean in with me and look through this window? See, I want to show you something that's very interesting. As we look in this window, look with me. Can you see it? As we look through this window, we can see the church is empty. You remember that little Sunday school thing we used to do with our hands? Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door. Good grief. Where's all the people? And then we do the kind that, that hurts my fingers. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door. Look at all the people. You ever do that? Well, the picture of this church, as we're looking through their window, is empty. Why are there no people in the church? Why is it empty? It is empty because that first century spirit-filled church was almost entirely outward focused. They didn't have a nice building, a nice facility like we do. They didn't meet together in a place like this. They met together wherever they could, in homes, out under a tree, by the river, sometimes in the synagogue, off to the side under Solomon's colonnade, anywhere they could. But most of the time when they worshipped, when they fellowshiped, when they interacted with each other, it was in plain view of others. They were almost entirely outward 
focused. They were all about sharing what God had done miraculously in them and transformationally in them. God had just filled them with His Spirit. And they could not keep it to themselves. They had a right now relationship with God and they couldn't keep it quiet. Even if they wanted to, they were out there among the people. They weren't in a place like this. You see, what had been happening in their lives since that day of Pentecost, what had been happening in their lives, in in, in their spirit-filled community was that they were now more human more human than they were than they had ever been in their entire life. God had done for them, in them, what His plan had been all along for His people, for His created beings. And now, they were living like this. Ah, I was created to be just like this. I was created to do this. As we see. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. See, God was fulfilling His spiritual plan in their lives. The fullness of time. Jesus came, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we are to receive all of it. Not just stop halfway or whatever way. All of it. They had received all of it. They were filled with the Spirit. Simply put, When we really step back from the controls of our lives and give God His will and His way in us, then we start hitting on all cylinders. It is the way it was always intended to be. Life starts working as God planned for it to. Your life, my life, God created us as empty vessels. We were born Empty vessels that need to be filled with something. And some of us spend a lifetime trying to fill that void with other things that last about that long. And then we've got to go on to something else. God's plan is this. Be filled with the Spirit. That's God's plan. That's, okay, now we're talking. Be filled with the Spirit. We have seen in this little passage of Scripture from verses 42 to 47 in Acts chapter 2, a clear picture of what life can look like for you and for me when we truly do give God His will and His way in our lives. This is what is out there for you and for me if we receive all that God has for us. Verse 42, pure intimacy. Devotion. Verse 43, plugged into the miraculous. Well, humanly speaking miraculous. I mean, in reality, it was just God being God. You know what happens when a church is filled with the Spirit? The Spirit is unleashed in us and through us. It's a picture of what it's supposed to be. Verses 44 and 45, living true compassion and love. True compassion and love. Verse 46, living glad hearts, sincere hearts with praise on our lips. And then verse 47, true kingdom growth. You know know what's exciting to me about all this? It can happen right here and right now. All of them 
were filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so I say, I say again, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. You want to say that with me? Let's say it together. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I just want to take a few minutes this morning and look at that phrase that is at the end of our scripture that we've been working with for the last number of weeks. It just it says this. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That, that first little word right there is and. Looks insignificant, but what it means here in this passage of scripture is that everything that comes before and, all of those other verses, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, half of verse 47, all of that that's describing how those people that were filled with the Spirit look and act and, and how they live, results in the Lord adding to their number. All of this happens and the Lord added to their number. Simply put, living a vital, vibrant, spirit-filled life results in kingdom growth. That's God's plan. You see, God's plan never was for you and me to play at this. Or tiptoe around the deep life. He, he, that wasn't God's plan. God's plan is for us to plunge in the deep end. And to be filled with the Spirit. You see, what was happening was, the church was growing. After the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 4 verse 4 says, But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Now back then, they just counted men. We learned, we, 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 got, we, we learned, we do it better these days, we count everybody. But they just counted men. So when it says 5,000, you can be sure that there were fifteen or 20,000 people. Because wherever men are, well, look around. There are women and children. So this church was rapidly growing. And it wasn't only because the apostles were preaching well. I wish it had been. Because then... I would have a lifetime position. You know, I mean, I say, hey, put me up here, wind me up, and I'll speak, and you'll flock to the altars. It doesn't work that way. I mean, preaching has a part, but the powerful thing that was happening was that what was being preached was being lived out every day by the people. And they couldn't deny that it was true. The personal witness of those people was powerful. Personal witness resulted in this comprehensive evangelistic outreach that touched everyone. And everything before results in the Lord added to their number. Now that phrase, the Lord added to their number, is important because the, the issue is here. This is it. It's the Lord's work to save people. Not yours, not mine, it's the Lord's work. And so we let him save people. But he uses us as instruments in his hand. He uses us to set the table, so to speak. 
to prepare the way, so to speak, to help people to see, actual physically see what God means when he says love one another. What, what does that mean? Well, look at Chuck or, or look at Lonnie or look at, at Saul, whoever. Look, because this is what I want you to do. I want you to be a, an instrument in my hands. And I am going to so form you and create you, recreate you, that when somebody wants to know what it's all about, what does it look like, I can show them. But it's the Lord that adds to the number. So when I'm an instrument in God's hands, hey, use me, Lord. It's not up to me to figure out all the time what to say or how to say it. Use me, Lord. You give me the words. You say what I need to say in me, through me. The next word there is daily. And the Lord added to their number daily. You see, when God's on the move, things happen all the time. People's lives are changed, transformed, set free. God was moving. These are family members getting saved. These were friends and acquaintances, people being set free. Why? Because God was on the move and He was using these people. Now, if that can happen... In the first century, and it did, do you think it can happen in the 21st century? What do you think? Absolutely. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what I want to ask you to do in these last moments, few last few moments, is this is what I would like us all to do. I'd like us to ask God, God, would you help us? Help me as a person and us as a congregation to be more outwardly focused. God, would you show us what that means? God, would you lead me to somebody that I rub shoulders with every day that needs you and you want to use me to help that person come to Christ? Would you begin to pray and ask God, who is it, God, that you want me to influence for you? I would like you to take a couple of weeks and just pray that prayer. God, who is it that you want me to influence for you? A co-worker, a neighbor, a school friend, whoever it is. Can you show me, Lord? And then God, I guarantee you, he'll show you. And then you'll say, well, pastor, then what do I do? Well, here's, here's, here's one thing you can do. On September 12th, at 6 o'clock on Saturday night, we're going to have a guy here named Bob Cates. He is a Christian entertainer, deluxe. He is going to come and do this. It's going to, it's going to blow your socks off. He's, you're going to love it. You won't be embarrassed to bring anybody to this. And what, you, what I want you to do is I want you to buy a ticket. Carl and I are going to buy tickets for our neighbors that we have been praying for. We're going to take them over to these neighbors and say, hey, you know, this is guy going to come to our church, and he's just a, a comedian, a juggler, and he's, he's just incredible. You'll love him for all ages. Here, I, brought, I bought these four tickets for you, uh, Leslie and Greg. I bought these tickets for you. Bring your kids, will you? And, and I'm going to host them and the other neighbors, and I'm going to invite them to come. I'm going to buy tickets for Carl and me. I'm going to buy tickets to give away. And I'd like half of this place at least to be filled with people that have never been here. Now, you know what that is? That is a first step. That is a first step to come through the doors. And who knows what God might do to use that. Bob Cates does his thing, and then he gives a gospel presentation. It's a little non-threatening. It's just a little thing at the end, just to get the door open, and then the rest is up to us and God in this partnership of bringing the lost to Christ. Look at this. Can we show that? 
Let's see this video. We're going to show that, and then we'll be finished. This is Bob Cates. I wanted to just introduce you to this guy. Comedy in motion. You want to Google that? Comedy in motion. You'll see it on the Internet. I, you know, I, I, tr- I, I messed them up because I didn't do it in the first, first service. Just like then, I ran out of time. But you see, with you folks... The only thing after this is lunch. <laughs> Hang in there. Okay. Huh? Oh, it's not going to work? Okay, comedy in motion. Google that at home and you'll see his whole spiel. You will be excited to bring somebody to this. We're going to try this to see if it's something that we can use, that God can use to help us influence others for Christ. You look in this window with me, you see it? It's empty. The people are out there. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Okay. Maybe this could be our benediction. Enough. Check it out. You can hear better on the on, when you look it out on the computer. But helping people in every way to get through the door and start to influence them for Christ. Would you pray with me about who God would direct you to to invite to an event like that? Let's pray together. Father, as we look into the window of that first church, we can see incredible an incredible movement of your Spirit resulting in influencing thousands for Christ. I pray the same would happen here in our city. Use us to be part of it, Lord. Lead us to the person or the family that you want us to begin to influence or continue to influence for you. Give us the courage 
and the opportunity to know what to say and do. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for showing us what it can be like when we are filled with the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. Please stand together. Thank you very much.